Welcome back to No Thank You Next. I'm Megan. And I'm Rachel. Hi, guys. Hi. <laughs> Am I first or are you first? You are first. Oh, my God. My little I wasn't lady. prepared. Oh, my goodness. I mean, I was prepared. I wrote something. Right. <laughs> I wasn't prepared to be first. I had a, like, a, I had, like, a thought today, and I was like, what if I just, like, forgot to write? Right? Like, what if I just showed up, and then I was, oh, my God. I was editing, and I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I have those, those thoughts. Those like, little, yeah. What if I just ran into that bus stop? <laughs> That's, like, a higher stakes situation than this. Yeah, yeah. Totally. But, you know, you just have those thoughts. <laughs> I just be like googling mad frenzy like oh my gosh what do I write and about? I was sure I just read you an article right you like you listen to a dateline episode and, and you're just like, like and then okay uh-huh and then oh yeah and oh, then she happened. walked in yeah and okay it's a commercial break one second one s- <laughs> <laughs> we'll edit this airtime <laughs> I'll edit this out all right we're back and we're back and so yep she's dead <laughs> she's dead um yeah totally I killed her you saw that coming yeah that's right. probably what would happen. That's exactly what would happen. Probably Get yourself dead. situated. Pillows on pillows on pillows, people. Megan is the most comfortable podcaster. I really feel so great about this. In the world. I feel good. Right? All right. Let's start this podcast off. Episode 26. Is it 26? Yeah. Nice. Well, I wrote 26. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, yep, that checks yep, out. That checks out. I always forget that. Okay. So, today I'm going to tell you the story of Anastasia Soloviva. She's Russian. I don't know how to say that. Soloviva. Okay, so I'm going to take you back to the 90s. Yeah. My favorite place in the world. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And every hipster's favorite place, even though they weren't born. Oh, cool. Get out of here. It's cool. We're the OGs. Yeah, seriously. I don't know if you remember, but this was a time when older men started marrying these young foreign women yep. after meeting them online. And was it Match or one of those other sites that straight up mail order brides? Oh, God. I wouldn't even know how to feel about that if I was a mail order bride. I don't know. Oh, my gosh. I mean, it's the opportunity to come to another country, so I'm sure they're excited. That's true. So I don't know. I watched, only opportunities. I watched an Aquatine Hunger Force episode of uh, Carl Bertotta Lotalewski getting a mail-order bride, and it just oh. was hilarious and awful at the same time. Oh. And hey to all those who listen to Aquatine Hunger Force. Mm. Isn't that from, like, did they even make that movie? No. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're still watching. Yep. Find and you bought sh- the DVDs. Find new shows. <laughs> there's better stuff out there now. Uh, anytime, anytime there's an adult cartoon, like, yeah, I do like sign that. my ass up. Yeah. Okay. So, and I wrote, it's kind of like 90 Day Fiance. I feel okay. like that's like the new version of it. Oh, okay. So, I'm going to take you to Seattle, Washington in April of 1998. 18-year-old Anastasia lives in Kyrgyzstan. In the former Soviet Union. So she's Russian, and she's a student, and she wanted to make a better life for herself, so she wanted to come to America. This was the first time she had ever left her country, or even traveled 6,000 miles away to start a new chapter. And her new chapter was going to be marrying Indal King. He is a chubby, looks about 47, but he's 36-year-old man. Now, there was no question that Indol was not who Anastasia would typically date. But he knew the only way to get a trophy wife 
was to buy one. Disgusting. Like, trophy wife. Can we outlaw that, please? I know. This was 1998, nine, 1998 eyes. So, so they were like, gross eyes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 2019 eyes wouldn't talk like that. Uh, no. They talked for six months prior to meeting. He even went to visit her and her parents. And he promised to take care of her, and her parents wanted her to be able to be with a man that would take care of her financially, mostly. And Indul really talked himself up, saying she wouldn't find a better man than him in the U.S. And it's like, mm, I could probably find 500 other better people than him. <laughs> so calm your tits. <laughs> but he also projected that he was very wealthy. So his par- her parents were like, fuck yeah, pick him. Right? Yeah. Marry rich. That was like the MO in the oh 90s. Totally. Marry rich. Find a rich man. Marry him. That was, that was 100%. <laughs> like even it. till the early 2000s. Yeah. Just marry rich and you'll be happy and you'll be fine. Mm. At least you'll be well off even if you're miserable. Just yeah. marry rich. That was the goal. It's not a good goal, guys. No, it's Don't not. do that. Don't do it. <laughs> um, when she got to his home, his home was kind of schleppy, but she came from literally nothing, so to her, it was a nice place. Mm-hmm. And again, he projected his family was posh, and he came from money. Indle also wanted to have children soon. He wanted a wife with great genes because he felt his looks were declining with age. He's 36. <laughs> like, okay. All right. But compared to an 18-year-old. Yeah. It's like, but you're not going to have babies that are, are not going to be 36 one day. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> what are you talking about? If you think you look terrible now, maybe Wait. you shouldn't have kids. Yeah. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> if you're ugly, just... Don't, don't procreate. <laughs> All right. In Anastasia's eyes, more so than her parents, this was simply a tool to be used to come to the U.S., she didn't feel a romantic connection with Indol. Also, what a fucking nerd name. <laughs> like, like, okay, Bindle. You fucking Bindle. Swindle. You fucking Swindle Bindle. <laughs> Bindle. Bindle. <laughs> I like that. Just go through the alphabet and like figure out every single cruel way you can yeah. turn their name. I'm sure that's why he was like, I'm just going to buy someone because like, <laughs> I don't want my wife calling me Bindle. <laughs> <laughs> she did it behind your back. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Oh my god. Bindle. I love it. We're keeping it. Um so something super gross prior to her even coming, they worked out a prenup, which is totally normal. But this prenup was not typical. Basically, a normal prenup would be like money. If you had money prior to the relationship, they don't have access to that money after your 401k, like anything right. like that. Right. Well, in this prenup, they stated that Anastasia would get citizenship after three years of marriage. That's fine. Mm-hmm. But Indol put that he would be getting children in the prenup. Like basically like you have to give me children. Oh, my god! As part of the prenup. Which like uh, was confusing because like if they broke up, does she give him the children? Right? Like how do you – how do you assess that? I know. It was just a weird clause that he put in the prenup because that was his only goal. Right. Just to like yeah. procreate. Like she didn't matter. It was simply that he just he wanted needed kid. children. Yeah. Weird. Okay. Yeah. All right. Weird Freak. flex, but okay. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> weird flex, yo. Yeah. 
Okay, so Anastasia settles into her new married life, and she decides to take business classes at the local university. She wants to work on getting a better education and do things for herself while she's in America. She even starts to make friends at school, so she's adjusting really well. Well, Indol becomes more frustrated over time due to her gaining independence Mm -mm. and not involving him. And it started to become more and more frustrating to him, so he became jealous. And then he started telling her that she couldn't go and do things. He would control her, and she would want to do things, like go to a barbecue with her friends. And she's like, you can come. And he's like, no, you can't go. You're married. Uh, Married people don't go and do things like that. Oh, okay. And she's like, uh, what? That's not even normal in Russia. (laughs) 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 Like, even controlling Russian men are like, yeah, let's fucking go to a barbecue with our friends. Our president rides on bears. But yeah, I can't go to a barbecue. (laughs) The kids play at Chernobyl all the time. Was he the president then? Was he wasn't the leader of the former Soviet Union, was he? I don't even know. I don't think so. But still, that happens in Russia. And it's I'm going to really cut scary. this out. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> I got to know now, though. Yeah. So she tried to push back as much as she could. And she decides, well, fuck him. I'm going to get a part-time job to get more time away. And, of course, Indel is a total dick. She gets a job at a restaurant. He's like, how? He thought, okay, I'm going to send her off to try for to get a job, but she has no qualifications. But she gets the job. So Indel is like, no way it was a woman that hired you. It had to have been a man hitting on you. He's just such a fucking piece just of shit. Just so controlling. Yeah. Like, that amount of immense control yeah. just makes you want to, like, push them away even more. Oh, absolutely. Awful. Yeah. Slowly, some of Indol's past comes out because Anastasia's like, what the fuck is this controlling nature? Right. So she finds out that Indol had been married before they met (laughs) and to another Russian. Now, would you be shocked if I told you that the other person that he was married to was a mail order bride? No, me either. (laughs) Turns out they were married for three years and it was a complete mess. After the divorce proceedings, she was a citizen, for one. Two... He had to settle paying her $55,000, and basically all she had to do was give back shit he had bought for her during their marriage and her ring. Oh, wow. So she, like, fucking made it out like a, like she was like, fuck it. Yeah, exactly. So in her eyes, or in his eyes, the fact he divorced his first beautiful bride, he was humiliated and frantic to move on and start a family and be successful in his eyes. So that's why he was, like, clinging so tight to her because he was like, this one has to be successful. But, yeah, he repeated the same pattern of getting a mail-order bride. If it didn't work out the first time, you might not be so lucky the second time either. Yeah, no one wants to date him because he's horrible. Yeah. So as time went on, working at the restaurant and school became an escape for her. She couldn't stand being home anymore because Indel was becoming more and more controlling Co-workers would joke that her dad was waiting outside the restaurant <laughs> because Indel would just park and wait for her and look into the restaurant and watch her. Oh, God. Like such a freak. What a creep. Um, when people at work found out that it was actually her husband, they were floored. Again, guys, he looked 100. <laughs> <laughs> she was a teen angel. <laughs> You've got Tales from the Crypt. And like a Bratz doll. Yes. Basically like Oh my God. That's other. exactly what it was. The Crypt Keeper. Oh my God. And a Bratz doll. Exactly. <laughs> oh my God. You know what he reminded me of? Was the guy that like tries to resell Woody. 
Oh, <laughs> that guy, Al. Yeah. Like, that's what he kind of reminded me of. Oh, my gosh. But, like, 100. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, Way really old. old. But, like, that tool, 50 years oh ahead. Oh, God. So Anastasia ends up becoming close with a coworker named Patty, and she starts to confess issues in her marriage, that he wouldn't let her do things on her own or outside of work, that he wanted her to quit and refused to let her get to work or school on her own. She needed to be dropped off and picked up by him. And to Patty, this is this all seemed like extreme controlling behavior. He wanted a submissive, boring woman who did everything for him, and Anastasia was repulsed by this. And so was Patty. Right? It's like the 50s American dream. Yeah. No, yeah. for sure, for sure. Um, no, thank you. The problems really started a year into the marriage. Anastasia was only 19 by this point and still in school, and Indul wanted kids. This was her part of the prenup, and she wasn't ready at all. She was focused on why she came to the U.S. Here's the thing. They had separate bedrooms. Anastasia is no fool. But Indul, the fucking psycho that he is, wouldn't allow her to have a lock on her door. So he would, like, go in at night and try and, like, harass her to have sex. Uh. And they would end up having fights, like, talking about why she wouldn't have sex with him. Mm -hmm. She didn't want to be deported, so she just kind of dealed with his behavior. But they never had sex. Um, She had to stay with him for two more years to get her citizenship, so she kind of dealt with his bullshit yeah she still like was like no no i'm not ready i'm not ready Mm -hmm. which is like so smart good for her yeah one day while she was working at the restaurant a man walks in for lunch his name is sergey and he's clearly a russian Okay, so they end up speaking Russian to one another. It's like a great conversation starter. And he's like, how about you have lunch with me? And she's like, okay. (laughs) So he ends up running a successful import-export business, which is like, sounds like a mob. (laughs) Truly. Like, he had money, but. Yeah, but where's it from? Where's it from, Sergey? (laughs) Sergey and Anastasia end up starting an intense affair. Over the next few months, they spend as much time together as possible. And Anastasia had told Indul that she was working with people meeting Russian to English translators. So one day, she's out on a date with Sergei, and out comes Indul. And he's like, what the fuck is this shit? No. So Sergei thinks fast, starts speaking Russian. And she says, well, this is the person in the group that I told you about. And you like, are listening yeah, to me. And she's like so <laughs> angry at him. Yeah. Exactly. And she's like, he needed help buying a car. And he buys it. So she thinks like, okay, this works. This works. Yeah. Her friend, her friends end up asking, like, what is she going to do after she tells them what happened? Mm -hmm. And Indul is clearly on to her a little, Mm -hmm. but she does, she wants her citizenship. She wants her affairs. So she's just kind of in between a rock and a hard place because she's really unhappy, but she wants her citizenship. And I mean, is and it? And she wants to enjoy her life. Yeah, she's 19. She's 19, exactly. I kind of don't like, feel bad for sounds Indol. exciting. Sorry. So <laughs> it just gets really messy on her end. But yeah. Indul wasn't as convinced as she had thought. And Indul begins to become obsessive with her life outside of when they are together. When she would leave, he would dig through her things. And he slowly was finding clues of the affair. It's now the summer of 1999. During this obsessive phase that he's going through. It was coming out that maybe Indul and his finances weren't as real as Anastasia had thought. His car were being repossessed. 
His debt was out of control, and he wasn't able to continue the life he projected when getting Anastasia to marry him. Until then, got fired from his job. He became more angry. He was mad he had spent the money to get her here, and he was supporting her and their lifestyle, and she wasn't giving him children. Oh, God. And, of course, he knows she's clearly emotionally somewhere else. Mm -hmm. So he starts to threaten he will deport her if she doesn't give him children. I also don't know why he wanted children because they're really fucking expensive. (laughs) They are, and they don't fix anything. Exactly. I was like, if anything, they make your life harder. Sorry, people who think that a baby is going to fix your relationship, but I'm sorry. If you guys don't have a solid foundation, you're fucked when that baby comes. It's hard. I truly, like, I don't know what his thought process was. That is just crazy. Like, what? what, Not to mention, he can have kids forever. Yeah. Like, I mean, he's going to be, like, the ugliest dad. (laughs) But, like. Hey, little Johnny, is that your dad? No. Mm -mm. No, no. No, no. No. mm -mm. My dad's, like. He. He's. Nope. Nope. Where's Sergey? That's not him. <laughs> <laughs> Sergey's my dad. Yeah. The hot Russian guy. The chiseled bone structure. <laughs> <laughs> That's him, not the other guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sergey, Sergey. Sergey. Anastasia now becomes the sole provider for their whatever you want to call it, not family, but whatever. Their partnership s- agreement? Yeah. It's not a relationship. For their household. <laughs> And he now makes her deposit every check she makes into a joint checking account. And he was such a psycho that he was the only one that had a card to the ATM. Or an ATM card. Yeah. Like a debit Yeah, a debit card. card. <laughs> <laughs> it was the 90s. It was an ATM card. <laughs> they literally did say ATM on yeah, there. Exactly. Like you could only go You couldn't pay with for them. For with checks. Cash yeah, yeah, only. Yeah. Like yeah. that's it. It was 1999. It's fine. It was the ATM card, people. <laughs> <laughs> Don't question it. But yeah, Don't he was the me. only one with it. Isn't that Dude. such a fucking psycho move? Completely controlling all of her finances yeah. and just, like, spying on her. Yeah. If you don't have enough trust in that relationship, then maybe well, that relationship isn't like, going to work out for you. It was you. a sham marriage. Dwindle. Whatever your fucking, fucking name dindle. is. Dindle. Yeah. You're fucking dindle. <laughs> You're such a dindle. <laughs> Can't wait to use that as an insult for somebody. Oh my god, yes. <laughs> Stupid dindle. You're such a dindle. <laughs> um, okay, so this unfortunately wouldn't be enough money for them to live. So they end up having to rent a room in their house. Well, one tenant, 21-year-old Daniel Larson, ends up being a fucking indole mini-me. Oh, no. Indole gives him demands to clean the bathroom or whatever duties he felt he needed Daniel to do that week. And Daniel was like, okay, you got it, dude. He was paying to live there, by the way. It turned into a twisted father-son relationship where Indul has a weird hold over Daniel. That's odd. It turns out Daniel had a bit of a violent past. He seemed great, but he had assaulted women sexually. And poor Anastasia in the house. You think her husband would not want him in the home, but nope. They ended up becoming best friends. Anastasia wanted him out, but Indol loved him there, and Daniel didn't want to leave, so that was that. Daniel was an echo chamber of hate for Anastasia with Indol. He would say that she walked around the house like she owned the place, which she fucking did because she's the only person with a job. But he, <laughs> like, hello. Hello. But he would say things like she didn't respect him enough. Daniel saw Anastasia as a threat. And he would say that she didn't like him, so he didn't like her. Anastasia was scared to be at home, 
and she would call her friends to complain or just express her distress of being scared. And because it's 1999, it was a landline, and they would just listen in on her calls. Oh, Isn't that so creepy? That's so messed up. Mm-hmm. Anastasia, over time, only feels comfortable leaving things at work. She had a notebook she would write in. She would write daily what bothered her in the house and leave the notebook in her locker at work, her safekeeping. She used that notebook as a way to just make it through the marriage because she felt she couldn't get divorced. She needed one more year. This was her goal. So one night, she's in the kitchen and comes out to see no one is around and the computer is left unlocked. This never happened. Endel was super secretive about his computer, so she takes a peek. And when she pulls up the search history, it brings up a mail order bride website. And Indul was looking into a new bride. Oh my god! Yeah. He said his wife had left him, and he was looking for a new bride. What a fucking asshole. Mm-hmm. After seeing this, she decides to take a trip home to see her parents. Okay. Girl needed a break and breathing room and maybe to leave forever because, hello. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Find a better man to marry in America. Yeah. Like, there's so many. There's so many. <laughs> there's so many that would have loved you. You're 19. Yeah. And I think she's 20 by now. But, yeah, she's mm-hmm. like, girl. So she goes off on a trip, on her trip, to go back to Kyrgyzstan. Within days, Indul is flying out to Kyrgyzstan as well, unbeknownst to her. Which, like, I want to know where the fuck that money came from. Like, right? I'm, I'm curious if, like, Daniel had to pay for it. Like, he made Daniel pay for it. I don't know. So, she ends up calling her friend after he gets there. And, of course, venting, which, again, probably cost a shit ton in 2000 to call the United States. So, it was a much-needed call. She tells Patty that he is pretending everything is fine, acting lovey-dovey, and just being super fake, and wouldn't let her out of his sight. So she couldn't talk to her parents alone about anything that she had been feeling and why she came home to visit. She decides, well, I have to just go back and deal with this because I have to get my citizenship. The last thing she tells her friend is that she'll see her on Thursday at her shift at 2 o'clock. So to Patty, this means, okay, we'll catch up then. Mm -hmm. On September 22nd, 2000, in Kazakhstan, her parents drop Anastasia and Indol, her parents drop her and Indol off at the airport where they would take a connecting flight in Moscow. They would be back in Seattle 15 hours later. Anastasia was supposed to call her parents the moment she landed in the U.S., but they never got that call. Patty doesn't see her at her shift on Thursday, and she doesn't get a call from her either. They all called the home many times, but Indul would just answer and hang up. Eventually, he did answer the phone when her parents continued to call, but all he did was yell, Moscow, Moscow! whatever the fuck that means, and then hung up. It had been 10 days since they left her hometown, and she was officially declared a missing person. By who, you ask? Oh, not Indul, because he's not concerned. No. Just all her friends and family reporting her missing. Oh, my God. Like, at least give, pretend you give a shit. Yeah. The police, of course, went to the king home, their home, right? And he and where he and Anastasia lived, and no one would answer the door. They heard movement inside, but no answer. They went to the back of the home, and the sliding glass door was partially open. So it was a warm welcome for the police to just walk right in. Oh, imagine that. I know. They announced their entrance, and Indul, of course, had to come out. They interviewed him right there. Police were made to visit by an attorney in Seattle that her parents had hired. He tells them that actually, after their very romantic trip, they stopped in Moscow for their layover. And she gave him the gut-wrenching news that she was going to divorce him and stay in Moscow. 
Seems like a real Anastasia move. Yeah, completely. Just like her. He plays the victim card saying she left him because he wasn't smart or strong enough. And he said he didn't blame her. And he tried to change and be a better man for her. But he wasn't enough. Nobody believes Mm -hmm. you. Sure, sure, sure. Anastasia's friends were contacting police, letting them know that she was missing classes she had signed up for, and work, and other things that she truly cared about. Why would she have signed up for classes if she had planned on staying in Moscow? These are the only things that brought her joy. Her friends didn't believe any of it. She wanted to be a citizen, and things had been bad for a long time, so why then? Why would she go to Moscow then? As the investigation goes on, a crucial piece of information comes to light. Okay, now in 2000, I don't remember if computers were savvy, but the manifest for the, for the flight had said that Anastasia had flown home to Seattle and been on the flight. They just have to go off of the manifest and, like, hope that it was, like, secure. And, yeah, because I don't think of, they even scanned tickets then. Ew. No, people they, would pick their friends up at the exit of the airplane. Oh, yeah. I remember being able to, like, go in past, like, yeah. the boarding area to be able to, like, watch yeah. the flights take off whenever my dad would travel. Like, yeah. it was very, very lax. It was yeah, very, seriously. very easy. Hopefully, like, they, the police are like, okay, the manifest says she was on the plane. And um, they even went – they even got the records from customs, which I feel is more secure. Yeah. But, yeah, because they do scan your passport. Mm -hmm. So, customs showed that she had gone through, and not only that, she had gone through minutes after Indol. Oh. Yeah. So, customs, they don't lie. Like, the manifest I wouldn't trust as much, but customs, they, like... They have to document everything. Exactly. Yeah. So, police have evidence that now he lied. Yeah. So, the attorney describes his reaction when police tell him that they know that she was on the flight back to Seattle from Moscow... And how he reacted is he said, he slapped his knee and said, what? You mean to tell me she was on that flight? Like the most acted pretend shock you've ever seen, which, okay. (laughs) This just happened on Bachelor in Paradise and it made me laugh so hard. Again, guys, if you want to follow my Bachelor account, let's, let's batch about it. Um, but he, this guy like slept with a bunch of women before he came to paradise. Mm -hmm. And one of the girls was like, I just have to be honest with you. They did not paint you in a good light. And he's like, that is shocking news. (laughs) 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 And it made me laugh so hard because he was like, you don't say, you don't say. It was so funny. But that's basically how Indel reacted. He was like, you don't say. Yeah. What? Shocking news. Shocking. At this point, they know he's guilty, but they have zero proof beyond him lying. So now they place him under surveillance. Within days, Indul under surveillance goes to the Snohomish Snohomish County Jail, where he visits his BFF, Daniel. Daniel had attacked a woman in the mall and was awaiting his trial in jail. Oh, my God. Yeah. Police oh found it interesting that they then found him going back there quite often. But Indel and Daniel described their relationship as landlord and tenant. So why would your landlord give a shit that you were in jail? Right. They don't. So detectives question Daniel, and he spews out the same bullshit Indel did, saying that she left him in Moscow. So they ask, okay, what if we know that she landed in Seattle? We know that you know more than you're letting on. Daniel starts to crack. 
They find out Daniel had been the child of a dysfunctional family with abuse, and they use that to their favor, telling him that her mother has been going to morgues trying to find her daughter, and that they deserve to know what happened. You may not like her, but no one deserves to live not knowing what happened to their child. She's been missing for three months, and they continue to interview Daniel knowing he was the one who would crack, and he finally did. He changed his story and began to tell what actually happened. Indul and Anastasia got home from the airport the night of September 22nd. Indul called Daniel, and he told him to be ready. And when Indul called, he was very angry. He was mad at Anastasia. Mm -hmm. They get to the house. Anastasia goes straight to her room, and then Indul calls her downstairs. He asks for a kiss, and she refuses, and he grabs her in a bear hug. And Daniel came in with a necktie. Indul drops her to the ground and pushes her... To the, he pushes her to the floor and gets on top of her, pinning her down. Daniel choked her while she kicked and screamed. She eventually stopped moving. They wrapped her in a rug and put her in Indul's car. They drove to a location on Tulalip Reservation, which was really hard to get to because there was a ton of brush. But he took, to, he took police to where the body was. And they discovered her body wrapped in a rug, just like he described. The FBI did contact Patty, and her first words were, what did he do to her? Anastasia had a business card for Patty in her belongings, and it said, if anything were to happen to me, contact Patty. Patty was aware of the notebook in the locker as well, which logged all the horrible things that were happening in that house. Oh my god. Mm -hmm. Daniel and Indul were both charged with premeditated murder. If you remember, just four months before, Anastasia had found him looking for a new mail-order bride, mm -hmm. saying his wife had left him. She hadn't. He had planned on murdering her for months. When police had initially brought up that she was missing, Indul had given her, them a home video of them having fun on their trip in Moscow, or not Moscow, Kazakhstan. Kazakhstan. And during his trial, it had come... It had come out that it was a staged video for the murder to use as evidence that things were great on the trip. He was building evidence to prove their marriage was happy and he would have never killed his wife if they were in a happy marriage. In March of 2002, Daniel is sentenced to 20 years in prison. Indul is sentenced to 28. I don't understand how that is enough time. Anastasia's parents didn't want her daughter's legacy to end with that horrific moment so they worked with local legislators, and in 2006, Congress passed the Inter International Marriage Broker Act to protect the 14,000 mail-order brides that enter the United States every year. Oh my god. 14,000? Isn't that nuts? Like, I don't know wow. if it's like a broad spectrum, like it's not just people off of websites. Like it's it's 90 be. Beyonce. I, I mean, yeah. Oh my god. God. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Um, so the act basically protects the women coming in. So if the American has a criminal past, it has to be divulged. And in this case, Anastasia would have known that her his ex-wife had filed a restraining order against him. And he was just a complete trash human. Oh. That is the story of Anastasia Solovia. That is, that's insane. Okay. All right, guys. Read the media. 
Well, if you're unaware or if you don't look at meme pages on Instagram like the rest of us, which are entirely based on fact. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Area 51, I'll see you there. I'll see you there. First light, baby. Right? Uh, Drunk women in bathrooms is one of the one and only places that you will have random strangers lifting each other up in such an enthusiastic and animated way Mm -hmm. that it makes you feel like you just made a new best friend. Oh, 100%. I have so many best friends. I have so, so many. Yeah. Never been so complimented. I know. The best women are the drunk girls exactly. in a bathroom. So I'm just telling you. It's true. You get, yeah, so that's what you get when you go pee at a bar. You get emotional support or all of the compliments in the world to make you feel like you're hot as hell before you walk out of that restroom door. Yep. So that seems like it's the case for a lot of us, but in this particular story, tipsy talking and getting something off your chest in a women's restroom may not always work out in your favor, Uh oh. especially if it's about killing your husband. <gasps> yeah. Oh my God. That'd be my dream. <laughs> Somebody just like, yeah. So I killed my husband way. yesterday. Tell me everything. Everything. It's like me talking to that chick in oh, Vegas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like. Uh huh. Exactly. And what was her name? Uh huh. And your dad's name is what? Uh huh. Uh-huh. And what happened? And how? Um. All right. I'm just gonna record this. I've got enough information <laughs> to Google it. Yeah, I should basically have just totally. recorded it. Truly. So I'm going to tell you about Michelle and David Hurley. Ooh. David Hurley was born and bred in New Jersey. He's a big old Irishman mix who loves his St. Patty's holiday more than the rest of us. He has a kind heart. He's known as uncle to the many who adored him. Not Jerry. Not Jerry, but (laughs) uncle. (laughs) Uncle. (laughs) Seems aggressive. It's very aggressive. I mean, when I read it in the article, it was like in all caps. So Uncle. Exactly. Everybody just yells. It's a New Jersey thing. Yeah. Just yell. They all wear Ed Hardy, too. Yeah. (laughs) Robbie gets so mad. I'm always like, oh, yeah. He used to wear Ed Hardy. Don't talk about that phase in my life. I left it all there. (laughs) Between Ed Hardy and Von Dutch, it's like, oh, God, where do we begin? Oh, yeah, shit. (laughs) It's a lot. Uh, He was very much a handyman. He's able to fix or build anything. And he worked for the Port Authority at Lincoln Tunnel for nearly 30 years. Wow. So, yo, the Lincoln Tunnel is a mile and a half long underground tunnel that basically goes under the Hudson River. Oh, my God. No, thank you. I would have this constant fear that, like, my car would be trapped or I would be trapped in that tunnel and it would just, like, collapse on me. And I would die. Oh, my God. Have you seen that video, like, during the hurricane where the girl in the Jeep, like, just thought it was shallow water? Oh, and she goes completely fucking underwater. Oh, man. Ugh. That would happen in. Yeah. So, the no. water just cracks through and then you all drown. No, thank you. But that sounds like a fucking death trap. East Coast guys, so sorry. It really scares me. There's even scare a... scare you then? There's no, even... it scares you. I know. Think about it. Ugh. There's even, like, the, the barge or, like, there's, like, a... Um, uh, underwater, like an underwater tunnel in San Francisco. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> Anywho. Moving on. Moving on. So David has a son and his only kid. His name's Patrick, and uh, he's from, he is from a previous marriage. And so now we have Michelle. Michelle was also previously married. She works as a branch manager at Pamrampo Savings Bank. 
and the two are married, and they live in Bayonne, New Jersey, and they appear happy there. So Bayonne is just like a little baby peninsula. Looking at the East Coast is like insane on Google Maps. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, So it's like this little baby peninsula that like there's like this tiny little bridge, and it connects you to like Staten Island, New York. Oh. So that's – it's like kissing Staten Island is basically where that's pointing. They probably say they're from New York. Right. And they're like, no, you're not. I know. (laughs) (laughs) They're so territorial there. I'd just be so freaked out the entire time. I I don't know where I am. I don't know where I am. (laughs) I'm on the East Coast. I know I'm on the East Coast. I know it. I just know it. (laughs) (laughs) So you know me. I checked the map. I looked at it. Yeah. How's their house? Oh. (laughs) I'll tell you about it. We haven't talked about houses in a while. (laughs) It's been a while. So uh, this couple, they weren't making a ton of money, but they were still able to travel together. They made some new high, uh, nice new home improvement projects happen in their West Little, what is it? They lived on West 5th Street in New Jersey. Okay. And they also gambled. So it's like. Oh. It always seems like they have throwaway money, but uh, I don't think they really did. And so, as you know, I Google map this. Of course. And so the houses, if you've ever seen the movie Grand Torino with Clint Eastwood, the houses look exactly like that. Like, they have, like, a little patch of grass, a tiny little driveway, little stairs that lead up to, like, the patio. And, like, the patio has, like, a front porch area. Oh, okay. And then you go into, like, this two-story home, and then, like, there's about five feet of grass, maybe less in between you and then your neighbor, and your neighbor has like the oh, same okay. built house, and got it's just it, like it. a row of those yeah, type yeah. houses. Well, Michelle's brother Scott Skowalski says that she likes to live beyond her means, and she and he is pretty unhappy about that fact. And the reason why Scott so has so much to say about it is because his sister was using her bank job to swindle nearly three hundred thousand dollars of their mother's estate money. Oh that she had been saving, probably to, like, keep it in the will for when she passed away. She ha- has money to give to her kids. Yeah. So instead, Michelle was like, oh, okay, it's within the same bank. I'm sure she was doing, like, either bank transfers, wire transfers, or whatever she could. Yeah. And she ended up stealing this money. Holy shit. So in the years – so she did that in the years 2007 and in 2009. So we know that her family really isn't a big fan of hers. Yeah. So – Michelle was previously married, and when she ended her previous marriage, she wound up having to file for bankruptcy in 2007, and that's when she started stealing mama's money. And then seven years later, she left her bank job and opened up a dog grooming business in her basement. With if her, you guys know how we feel about these. She's grooming baby T.Y.s. Oh, in the basement. <laughs> They're just like all dogs. <laughs> <laughs> They're like big and small. Shih Tzu looking or like Lasso looking dogs with like the long hair that she could put in a ponytail. Like oh that's what God. she was grooming yes. down there. Yes. Oh, if you have a basement in your home and you aren't afraid to live there, uh. you worry me. <laughs> so her brother actually ended up filing a civil suit, and he sued her for the money back, but it was never received. Oh, it was going to be about two hundred and seventy-eight thousand dollars that she owed them. Oh wow. Um. But, I mean, honestly, if she stole that money, do you really think that she put it in, like, an IRA or, like, a savings account? I know. That's just No, dog. She spent that money, and she has no means of repaying you back. And that's not all of Michelle's problems. Uh Uh-oh. You see, she and David, they're not doing so hot in their relationship. 
there's alleged abuse, both verbally and escalating into physical abuse, and the two are just ready to throw in the towel. They just do not like each other anymore. So they decided jointly that they wanted a divorce, and they also jointly agreed to stay living in the same house together. I can't imagine. Like, most people, when you decide to go on to divorce land, you separate. But I can't imagine living with someone, making that decision that I want to leave them and end this, but live together. Like, that's a recipe for disaster. It's crazy. Because you have resentment and anger, and bruised egos, and all of the emotions. Yeah. Because, like, you go through grief, and you go through anger, and you go through sadness. Yeah. Like, it's just a melting pot of fucking trouble. Yeah. So, on the night of September 28th, 2015, police arrive on the scene. There, they find David Hurley's body with, quote, unresponsive, with no pulse, his face is purple with bodily fluids and blood coming from his neck. Oh, my so God. So that's what the Hudson County uh, prosecutor, Salvatore Rossi, had to say about that. So David wasn't dead. He just had, like, significant choke wounds on his neck. Oh, my God. And he was taken to Bayonne Medical Center, and he was in the intensive care unit. But sadly, he succumbed to his wounds, and he died on October 8th of 2015. So I think it was like eight or ten days, like ten days after the accident. Wow. They tried to keep him alive, but he just didn't make it. So Michelle tells police being questioned that night of what the fuck is going on in this place. Yeah. She tells police that she acted out of self-defense. They both were drinking, so you know that alcohol fired up all of their hate, and it just led to what happened next. When they were fighting, Michelle called her friend screaming and begging for her to come over at least three times that night because she said that David was too drunk and he was throwing bottles at her. So she had just had dinner with this friend that same night, but there's no further comment on that friend being alarmed or ever calling 911 after getting these like distressing phone calls. Mm. So the couple were apparently arguing about their divorce proceedings, possibly even money, and Mm -hmm. it got a little bit too heated. So Michelle retreated, and she barricaded herself in her bedroom, but allegedly David wasn't done arguing with her, and he broke down the door, and he started to sexually assault her. Oh, my God. So in her defense, Michelle grabbed a chain cord from a ceiling fan, (gasps) like, you know, in the ceiling vans, like, dangle. Yeah. Or, like, if there's, like, too much of a line, like, it's kind of kept yeah. off to the side. But what is she, like, a ninja? Does she, like, fight a lot? I don't, dude, I don't even know. But she grabbed a chain cord from a ceiling fan. Like, that's a thick piece of chain. Yeah. She wrapped it around David's neck, and he pulled it until he fell unconscious. He pulled it? She pulled it around oh. his neck. She did. Okay. Yeah. And then I think she said, like, he she put it around his neck and then he fell as if to say like he choked himself to death mm-hmm. but that ended up changing oh, so okay, cool michelle is arrested but her defense lawyer <laughs> Catherine thurer was able to get her bail amount lowered from a hundred thousand dollars cash to settling bail of seventy five thousand or a bond 
on each what, a bond. I think you only have to pay ten percent of that yeah. amount in order to get her out. Okay. So I don't know who bailed this woman out, but somebody did. Huh. Fast forward to January first, twenty sixteen. It's New Year's Day, and Michelle is out on bond. So she's out and about at a dive bar on New Year's Day looking for her fresh start, her New Year, new me attitude. Oh, my God. And so she's at this dive bar called The Vic. They have good-ass looking pizza. You know I Googled it. Their oh. pizza was good. <laughs> um, they have other bar foods, um, live bands, and all the booze that you can pour down your gullet. And Michelle is in the bathroom. And in pour in a group of ladies who are trying to rally and calm their girlfriend who was with her man when they got into a physical confrontation at the bar. And then that chick was escorted by her friends into the bathroom. So Michelle can see that they're talking about relationship do's and don'ts as far as how to handle the situation. And Michelle decides to chime in. And she says, quote, you shouldn't fight with your boyfriend because I did. And look what happened to me. I went too far, and I killed him. That's when the girlfriends, like, look at her. And one friend named Tina Coons, she heard her and replied, are you kidding me? And then that was it. Michelle smiled. She sprinkled some you go girls and some high fives and some girl power vibes and was smiling when she left the restroom. She just didn't seem like she was bothered with the information that she just told these Complete strangers in the bathroom. Oh, my God. So Tina left to rejoin her party, but she would later tell the principal of the school that she worked for, because mm-hmm. Tina was a teacher, and that principal happened to be David's older sister. What? Yeah. Five months later, there's enough evidence against Michelle, and there's the testimony or, yeah. like, the, you know, name sa- the yeah. – what do you call that? The, I guess it is a testimony. The, I don't know. Not test. It's it's a the the foundation. Yeah, her. What is the word? You know, when you ratted out your friends. Uh, (laughs) Basically, she gave her statement. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Testimony statement. All of it. Same. She gave everything she could. She testified to people, so it all is. Within the same okay, got it. realm. <laughs> she did it. So, yes. Michelle is arrested, and she's charged with aggravated assault and possession of a chain lamp cord for an unlawful purpose and unlawful possession of the lamp because she turned it into a murder weapon. Oh, my God. Yeah, is that crazy? Yeah. So charges may be upgraded pending the autopsy result, and that's exactly what happened. She strangled her husband, David, during the argument and alleged assault that fateful September night, which was just, you just, it's at that point where it's her word against a dead man. So it's just like, were you really acting out of self-defense or were you being crazy? It's hard to say. It's weird that we both did strangled stories too. I know, right? (laughs) We're always on the same page. (laughs) I'm just like, how did she overpower him? Because <laughs> he's a big guy. Like, it's just weird. Like, like when you're holding on to something to strangle someone, like, you're holding on to that chain. Yeah. Like, how did you get enough grip mm-hmm. to, like, hold it? And enough force for he, where he, like, can't yeah, reach behind exactly. and, like, either, like, hit you or 
knock the chain loose or pull on it with enough force. Maybe there's no gap. I don't know. This woman had I the guy is not a small man. He is a big guy. So it's kind of crazy that she was able to like overpower him. But it's like the adrenaline rush too. Yeah. Like where moms can lift up a car to save their baby trapped underneath the wheel. Mm-hmm. Although why that would happen, I don't know. But the but adrenaline rush valid. situation. Valid. Maybe that's what happened. Mm-hmm. So yeah, she's drinking with her husband and there is a criminal complaint letter that is basically like I think it's the prosecution who comes up with this letter or it's like based on the autopsy findings they, oh, okay. they put uh it's just called a criminal complaint letter no one's actually filing a complaint okay um <laughs> but it reads finding by the medical examiner that the cause of the victim's death was anoxic encephalopathy due to ligature neck compression and the manner of death was homicide so they're able to tell that Whoa. they were strangled to death yeah so now her charges were upped to manslaughter, including murder and aggravated manslaughter. So even if you're acting out of self-defense, it's still going to be manslaughter. Yeah. Michelle's defense team argued that she wasn't read her Miranda rights and that her statements when speaking to the police about the incident shouldn't be used against her in court. Prosecutor Michael D'Andrea argued that the emergency responders were trying to save a man's life and they simply asked Michelle what happened. Yeah. So her Miranda rights weren't read to her because she wasn't arrested. Yeah. So when she was in custody, she asked for a lawyer and they stopped their questioning. She could have said, he fell or he ate something and choked or I don't know, but she told them she did it. She told them that she strangled him. (gasps) Yeah. Defense attorney Kathleen Thurr argued officers did not pass the information on to paramedics They just used that information as probable cause to arrest Michelle. But alas, her statement was used against her due to the nature of the crime. Mm. She went to trial three years later in September of 2018 and was found not guilty of murder and passion provocation manslaughter. But she was convicted of aggravated assault and weapons offenses during her first trial. But since the jury was deadlocked, meaning they couldn't come to a final decision regarding the homicide charges, she had to have a second trial. Oh, good. So from the second trial, which happened like maybe six months later, um, she was convicted of reckless manslaughter, facing 10 years in prison. Wow. So when her conviction date and sentencing date came around in May of 2019, so she was convicted of reckless manslaughter. And then she was sentenced and slapped with only eight years of a prison sentence. Not enough time. Not enough time at all. So David's son, Patrick, called Michelle the epitome of evil and said, quote, I know that the monster that stands before you in this courtroom is a lying, disgusting, callous thing. (gasps) Michelle's own sister called her a cold-hearted, evil monster who has no soul. And her brother, Scott, was quoted before the trial stating, I don't know if she killed her husband, but I do know that she's a thief and a liar. Yikes. Like, she has no allies. Wow. Like, that's that. Everyone hated her. Everyone hates her. Jeez. Michelle did apologize to David's family, saying, quote, Please know that I am very, truly sorry, and that she will always live with the shame and the horror of the night she caused the death of her husband. Quote, for the past three years, I have been portrayed as a monster and a murderer. I am a person without feelings or emotion. 
but I never intended to take his life, and I am not a monster. Well, Mm. Michelle moved to state prison out of Hudson County Jail, where each day for the next eight years will be a new type of day in hell for her. (gasps) It's a little sad. But you know what? We have just the cure for that. We have our iTunes shout-outs. iTunes review shout-outs. iTunes review shout-outs. We're shouting you out via iTunes. Because <laughs> you're listening. So. That's right. We have one from Rainy0530, who's a Florida listener. Yes. This is oh, huge. Just makes me so happy. This is huge. And Rainy says, I was kind of hoping that you would name all of the cities so you would say mine as far as like our analytics goes. You guys are so silly and fun while also telling interesting true crime stories. Love this podcast. Thank you. Thank you, Rainy. We love you. Hopefully you know your city is listed because I think we listed all of them. And I don't know if it gets really specific. I don't really know. Okay. So we've got geographic location based on the state of Florida. We've got St. Petersburg, Ocala, which I feel like we did a story based on a murder in Ocala. Either you know. or I did it. I don't remember. I don't know. Somebody did it. We black out. We black out all the time. <laughs> <laughs> we've got Orlando listeners. Miami, Newport Ritchie, Jacksonville, and Clearwater. So, so Rainy, I want to know. Hopefully you're in one of those. I if really not, hope that you're in one of these geographic are locations. Are you traveling? <laughs> What's happening? Are you driving in between? Yeah. Are you working in a different city? <laughs> but thank you so much for yes. the love and for the support and the fact that thank you, so much. you are like an actual person that we don't know and you're listening to us you totally love it no i didn't okay Okay, i was just so excited about florida (laughs) (laughs) you know me rainy do you have an airboat oh yeah we're we're in a search for an airboat are you in an area where do you know someone does your uncle have an airboat prominent (laughs) (laughs) feels like an uncle thing (laughs) it is very much so i'll bring some beers She'll I'll bring, bring some white girl white claws. claws. <laughs> you guys can drink white girl white mango claws white claws. <laughs> oh my gosh. If I meet some gators, what does it matter? Yeah. I just really want to meet a gator. Like a little one that I can like pet. One day. It's a teeny gator. Teeny tiny. One day. One day it'll happen. One day your gator will come. <laughs> One day you'll find your gator, <laughs> and you'll touch his skins all day. <laughs> I remember the rest. Okay. Yep. By the way, thank you guys so much for um, writing more iTunes reviews. There's mm-hmm. a few more that are new, so we have more thank for you. more episodes. Yes. And um, we were looking at the analytics. And only 90% of you are subscribed. So if you are listening and you like us, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. I don't know how it works on other ones. I was only looking at the analytics for iTunes. I know. Yeah, you just got yeah, to add. Because that's yeah. how it is with Pocket Casts. Like as soon as you like somebody, you want to yeah, add them to your add loop. Them. Just add us. Add us. Add us. Add us. Don't add us, but A-D-D-S. Add us. Yeah. Yes. Add yes. us. Yes. Oh, and guys, we're finally part of the true crime uh, category. category on iTunes. Yes. 
and all of them. I don't know that all the platforms have true crime platform uh, category, but for iTunes, I know I keep talking about iTunes, guys. I'm so sorry. That's but, okay. Um, that's like the major, right? Know? It's a conglomerate. <laughs> so, um, for, but sure. we're under true crime now, which is so exciting. <laughs> all right. So poll results are in. And as far as either bonus content, like if we were ever to oh, yeah, yeah, throw yeah, a Patreon say. up there for you guys. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Let us know. Would you yeah. guys want, would you guys pay like, I don't know, five bucks a month to have us tell you like exclusive stories or exclusive content? Right. Or just like, re- yeah. Yeah. We'll just, we'll figure out ways to make it. exclusive stuff that iTunes wouldn't have or other platforms wouldn't have. Yeah. Only people that paid would get the exclusive episodes. And plus, you'd have um, opportunities for, like, giveaways and stuff that we would do, too. Yeah. You would totally be, be able to get some We'd make it merch. worth it, basically. We would make it worth Let it. Let us know. A thousand we'll make that percent. But, yeah, so far, we've got 64% of people want to hear I Survive stories <gasps> more than the creepy legends. So, we yeah. can either do that as bonus content for our Patreon when we get that going, or we can do... Um, an episode of I Survive Stories, and if that is a huge hit, then we'll sprinkle that in from time to time. But yeah, thank you for voting and yeah, letting us you. know what you guys want to hear. Uh, yeah. All right. I think that's good, girl. We will see you guys next week for another horrible story. Bye! Bye. Like I'm gonna like pop so hard it farts. Oh no! Stupid that I'm not paying it forward to my own self. Don't be so stupid. Stupid. Don't be stupid, (laughs) (laughs) Listen to this shit. (laughs) (laughs) No pun intended or fun intended. I mean, we are very gassy. If you've heard us talk about it before. If we've said it once, we'll say it again. That's right. We love to talk. Talk? (laughs) We talk farts. We like to talk farts. (coughs) That one almost pushed on the fart. (laughs) Better watch it there. You can't trust the fart. Gotta watch out. I feel like I'm in a hospital bed. You like that the rails are up on the sides like yeah, just you're just so nice. <laughs> <laughs> Get you an IV machine. Good. Beep.